Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and how are we, guys? We are into week three. Week three of the NFL season within the, the NFC West. Thank you for, once again, taking the time to check out the Just the West podcast. Uh, we have full slate of games, four NFC West games as we head into Sunday. All the games will be on Sunday, so no Thursday night, no Sunday nights, no Monday nights. Uh, it's pretty much going to be in the morning time, afternoon time, and we'll call it a wrap for the NFC West. So as we head into week three, crazy story about the NFC West right now is that all four teams, all four teams collectively within their records, they have a 7-1 and one record with that one loss coming from the Cardinals taking over the Niners in week one. So that means you have, shoot, you got the Rams 2-0, the Seahawks 2-0, the Cardinals 2-0, and the Niners 1-1. So a pretty feisty division as we start into the NFL season, but I can't believe it. Uh, for week two, as I'm sure you guys kind of noticed for fantasy football and everything else in between, but there were a shit ton of injuries in week two. Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, Marquise Blair, uh, shoot, Bruce Irvin. Uh, yeah, man, uh, not, well, technically you can make a case for Malcolm Brown, Cam Akers with the Rams, but there were a lot of injuries. Uh, throughout the division, throughout the NFL, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, a lot of teams are hurting right now, and it's only, you know, what the first couple weeks of the season. You could make a case for the preseason. You could make a case for the turf. That's what the Niners are doing. But yeah, man, it's it's been rough. I think that for all four teams in the NFC West, you know, you could say some are better than others. Some are trying to differentiate themselves, but you won't really know. Until you have collectively about a preseason's worth of games, meaning about four or five games to really break it in. And then you'll kind of know from there who's pretending and who's contending uh, in the in the NFL. So let's go ahead and talk about the NFC West games at hand and talk about the matchups. Give my two cents about it. We can wrap it up and then we can head right into NFL Sunday in the NFC West. Okay, guys. So you have 10 o'clock game. You have the Niners who are favored by four against the Giants over under 42. The Niners are one and one. The Giants are winless at 0 and 2. And, you know, the Niners have been in West Virginia to practice since they have their back-to-back New York East Coast road trip. And they're going to play at the same stadium in which they lost Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, Jamie Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Dre Greenlaw. Yeah, they suffered a ton, a ton of injuries at MetLife Stadium, a stadium where they have new turf. And over the week, the NFL Players Association, uh, the teams, the NFL, they looked into the stadium. They said that it is deemed decent, gradable to continue for week three. But yeah, man, uh, that's just a lot for any team, let alone the Niners, to to go again. So they play in the same stadium. This time around, instead of Jimmy Garoppolo, you insert Nick Mullins. And he's going to get the start. No Raheem Mostert, no Tevin Coleman. So you're looking like a little bit of Jerick McKinnon, some Jeff Wilson. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, uh, well, no George Kittle either. So you're going to have Jordan Reed. Uh, but then on, on the other end for the Giants. So the Giants, they're, they're winless, and they have Danny Dimes, but they have their slew of injuries as well on the offensive side. Uh, 
Yeah, Sterling Shepard, he's out. He's on IR, uh, missing a couple of weeks. And Saquon Barkley tore his ACL. So he is out for the season. And so, yeah, man, these are two better teams. But, you know, all in all, the question remains for the Niners. You know, despite all these injuries that they're going through, uh, this is why you pay Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch the big bucks as they go into year four of of their you know of their era. Uh, they have a lot of depth. Their experience, a lot of their players are in the system, and so can you scheme up accordingly, especially on a tough back to back row game in a in a setting that you don't want to be in, being at MetLife. Uh, but given the sum of its parts. Nick Mullins is one of the top backups, and presumably with a full practice, being with the ones, getting the offensive line intact, you you feel pretty good about this Niner offense. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, Jordan Reed, Jerick McKinnon, uh, new faces, new faces within this Niners team for the offense. But uh, I do remain optimistic for this. I think that kind of similar to the Jets game, you know, the Niners are the better team against the Giants. Uh, and especially with the Giants dealing with their own slew of injuries with Barkley and Sterling Shepard out, I think that the Niners should still be the better team. Uh, You know, I think the biggest concern for for them, Nick Mullins for that matter, is turnovers. I know it's been a bit since he last got the start, uh, but when he did start a couple years back, not too bad. He had a connection. He knows the system well within Kyle Shanahan, and so it wouldn't surprise me if they just plug and played and did their thing at MetLife and hopefully get away with minimal injuries. I think that, you know, specifically for the Giants, because they don't have Sterling Shepard, because they don't have Barkley, you're going to see a lot of double, maybe three, maybe triple, but at least two tight end sets. I think you're going to see a lot of Evan Ingram. You're going to see a lot of Caden Smith, a former Niner. And, you know, their, their top guy is going to be Darius Slayton right now. So a lot of two tight end sets, and that does make me wonder how this defense is going to react because if you're in two tight end sets, instead of going into your traditional you know, uh, nickel, ba- nickel cornerback to guard the third receiver, if they do a lot of two tight end sets, I can see them really picking on the Sam linebacker position because Dre Greenlaw is out this week. He has a leg contusion. Which means the presumed starter for Sam is going to be Aziz Al-Shair. And a couple years back, he was coming from an ACL this past season. He wasn't all up there speed-wise. This year, he's supposed to be a lot quicker in coverage. But if I'm the Giants, I'm going to go ahead and put those two tight end sets and test that linebacker spot. Sticking to the defense as well. Daniel Jones, a.k.a. Danny Dimes, he's under center for the Giants. Their offensive line, it's it's okay. Honestly, it's it's like, in, in my opinion, it's mediocre. Um, right in the pack for pass blocking and, and run blocking and whatnot. But for the Niners, I mean, they're out with Nick Bosa. They're out with Solomon Thomas. D Ford is out. And so they're really leading on... I don't know who they're leading. Eric Armstead then, I guess, right? It's going to be Eric Armstead... Javon Kinlaw, and then you're going to have the replacements. They signed Ziggy Ansah this past week. They promoted Dion Jordan from the practice squad. Kerry Hyder, he had a really strong game last week, but you get what I'm saying. This is nowhere near that the pass rush that you typically are accustomed to when you think this Niners defense. 
And to make matters worse, uh, yeah, Akello Weatherspoon, apparently he tweets his hand me during practice this week, which means that it might be a good thing, but Jason Verrett, who's been dealing with a hamstring in his own right, could get the start. So you will have Verrett, Mosley, and a questionable pass rush. So if I'm the Giants and I have Evan Ingram, Darius Slayton, there could be some opportunity to really cook. Now, when the Niners are on the field and they have the ball, mentioned before, Nick Mullins, it's been a while since he started, but he's one of the more experienced backup quarterbacks. And I expect the game plan to be very similar to, you know, if Nick Mullins was in or whether Jimmy Garoppolo was in, I think it's going to be the same approach. Kyle Shanahan is going to attack the middle of the field. I feel that their linebackers are okay. They're okay in coverage. They're more of a better uh, run defense sort of front seven. And so I think that, you know, let's just say they target Jordan Reed in the middle of the field or you got a little bit of Trent Taylor in the slots or I, I don't know. I, I think uh, Brandon Ayuk, I would expect him to be a little bit more involved in his second start as a rookie. But I, I feel somewhat confident uh, within this Kyle Shanahan sort of offense. I think that the biggest thing for them is just really showing that the system should win this ball game because the Niners are a better team in terms of the overall roster, but they have to execute. And executing on a field that you don't like in the East Coast on a morning game is always a challenge. Uh, it's even more so of a challenge when your your star players, whether it be Richard Sherman, Jimmy Garoppolo, or what have you, are gone. But this is Kyle Shanahan's time to show that his system works. So having said that, uh, Niners 27, Giants 21. I think it'll be a relatively close game. But all in all, I'm looking forward to see Jet McKinnon, who should get his first start as a Niner after all those injuries the last couple years. You're going to see some Jeff Wilson as well in that Tevin Coleman role. And I think that this defense should be able to contain Danny Dimes and what they do offensively. So Niners 27, Giants 21, count it. Next morning game to discuss is a little bit more interesting in terms of records because they've been, both of them have been ascending. You have the Rams in the NFC West at 2-0, and you have the Buffalo Bills, AFC East, who are presumably slated to win the division, even though it's been two weeks, but they look pretty good, man. They're undefeated as well at 2-0, and they are favored at home, Buffalo minus two, over under 46 and a half. So when you think about two undefeated teams, especially with the Rams and the Bills, uh, you know, how did they get to this point? Okay, so for the Rams, I think for them, uh, this Sean McVay system, similar to Kyle Shanahan, it's really showing that their system works, especially when you get the run game going. Cam Akers fractured his ribs. He's probably not going to play. Malcolm Brown, he's dealing with a hand injury, I believe. Uh, I'm not too sure if he's going to be playing. I, I got to double check that, but... He's dealing with injuries, but the cool thing about it is you saw Daryl Henderson finally shine when those injuries happened last week when they played the Eagles. He was active in the passing game. He had a lot of juice out the backfield, and so I think uh, this could be a really cool matchup uh, for their run game. Uh, the Rams, when they do run the ball well, play action does well, and Jared Goff looks like the quarterback that they signed him for all those millions of dollars and keep in mind too they just extended Cooper Cup Robert Woods and their offense you know when the run game is going everything else kind of turns along you saw Tyler Higby have 
oh shoot, he had three touchdowns last week in the red zone against the Eagles. And so, especially off a of play action down the middle of the field, Jared Goff really does well. Uh, but at the same time, too, when the Rams are on defense, I mean, outside of Aaron Donald, they don't really have too much of a pass rush. Uh, I'm still waiting for a little bit more Leonard Floyd uh, on the outside. I'm still waiting for a little bit of something outside of Aaron Donald because the outside pass rush has been kind of lacking. It's been kind of lacking. And that is worrisome when you're going against a mobile quarterback like Josh Allen, who's coming off a career passing game, by the way. He threw for like, what, 400-something yards. And this Stefan Diggs to Josh Allen connection is very similar to what Kyler Murray did with DeAndre Hopkins, meaning that that's his go-to guy. And I think Stefan Diggs, he had like 100, 160, 170 yards last week. They're looking good. And so I'm really intrigued about this particular man-to-man matchup between Stefan Diggs, who's one of the better route runners in this league, uh, against Jalen Ramsey, who's one of the best man corners in this league. I think that that should be a really interesting matchup. And when you put that all together, if Josh Allen can throw that deep ball accurately and challenge Jalen Ramsey, I mean, that's a... Uh, that's something to watch. That's definitely something to watch. But conversely, Josh Allen is a mobile quarterback. And Micah Kaiser, Kenny Young, like these guys, they've been okay. Uh, they've been pleasantly right there in the mix. Kaiser is coming off 15, 16 tackles last week. But, you know, how do they contain a, a mobile quarterback like Josh Allen? He's a big guy. He's not like Ken Newton per se, but that's the type of mold that I'm thinking of. And so containing a mobile quarterback is a lot tougher. It's a lot tougher. Um, mind you, Carson Wentz is a mobile quarterback in his own right last week, but it's another challenge for this Rams defense. So I think all in all, um, it's going to be a close game. Another thing that come, kind of comes to mind for me when I think about this matchup is the trenches because Buffalo, the Bills, they have a better defense collectively because their front seven their defensive line their backers are really really good they're really good and so joe Noteboom, he's out he he got injured last week and so they're probably gonna put second year david edwards at guard and when you think about you know austin blythe austin corbett and now david edwards that interior offensive line is susceptible and uh, between ed oliver Quinn Jefferson, it's going to be a pretty tough matchup between those defensive tackles and this interior offensive line. Jared Goff isn't too mobile, and so if they push the pocket upwards, that could be very troublesome. Uh, another thing to really keep in mind, too, is can the Rams continue to strive well with Tyler Higbee as that red zone guy? Because theoretically speaking, and this should really improve this Bills defense, but Matt Milano, linebacker, Traymond Edmonds, linebacker, they weren't playing last week. They're coming back. They do very well when they're both healthy and in coverage. And so, all in all, I think it's going to be tougher to come by to get points for this Rams team. I think they certainly can. But this Bills defense, this front seven is very good. And they have their own shutdown cornerback in their own right, which are Davius White out of LSU. Uh, he's their number one guy, and he's, I won't say he's Jalen Ramsey, but he's pretty damn close when it comes to a, a top man cornerback. So if Tyler Higby struggles against Milano and Edmonds, and Tre Davis White does his thing against Robert Woods, 
that means we need a big game from Cooper Cup in the slot. Because uh, offhand, I forget who the slot guy is um, as cornerback for the Bills, but nowhere near the caliber of Tredavis White and these other guys that I mentioned before. So this could be a big Cooper Cup game. Big Cooper Cup game, and I, I hope things do turn out well for the Rams on the road. Both are very tough teams in their own right, but I think Josh Allen at home uh, with his mobility and some of the other question marks that you have about this Rams interior uh, O-line protecting against this front seven, I think it's going to be the Bills coming out up top, which is, is weird to say because the Bills have always been very eh. But, you know, with Stefan Diggs and some of the things that they bring on the defensive side, I think they're getting really really balanced this year so go ahead and give me the bills 27 rams 24 tough one but the bills take over the rams 27 to 24 afternoon time afternoon time 130 two nfc west games 130 one being a little bit more exciting than the other but let's go ahead and talk about it so 1.30 Pacific Standard Time, you have the winless Detroit Lions at 0-2 going against the Cardinals who are at, at home 2-0, and the Cardinals are favored by 5.5, and, and presumably one of the higher scoring games. Actually, this Cardinals game and the Seahawks game, they're the highest scoring over-unders in Week 3, so the, the Cardinals have an over-under of 55. So Matthew Stafford is winless, but they get Kenny Galladay back, and this is, I won't say... It's a team of desperation, but being 0-2 and being a DeAndre Swift drop away from being the Bears in Week 1, I mean, if they were to go an 0-3, it does not look good for this team. It doesn't look good for Matt Patricia. Uh, they've been so close, and they've had two back-to-back weeks where they have the lead by double digits, and then they lose the lead. Will the Cardinals... Be able to say 3-0 at home. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. Their offense has been good, but it still hasn't really clicked quite yet. Uh, I think that this could be a potential trap game for the Cardinals, actually, just because you're having a combination where they're sitting high 2-0 at home, uh, but you're going against a Lions team where, while the record says they're winless at 0-2, they can certainly put up points, and they've certainly had leads in weeks past, and maybe this time around, just knowing the pressure about you know starting the season 0-3, that they finally finish this game. It makes things a lot more interesting when they finally get their top target vertically in Kenny Galladay. He's been questionable like the last couple weeks with a hamstring injury, but he should be slated to play this week. And he's going to go up against Patrick Peterson. He's going to be their big red zone target, their big vertical threat. And, you know, between Marvin Jones and a couple other guys that they have and T.G. Hawkinson at tight end, uh, they have a pretty good offense, guys. They have a pretty good offense. Their defense is, uh, it's okay. But their offense can go toe-to-toe with the Cardinals, which is probably why you see that over-under being so high at 55. Now, conversely, if I'm Kyler Murray and I'm on the offense, I mean, I think that if everyone's going to be targeting DeAndre Hopkins and the defenses are targeting their way i think it might be a really good game to see the other guys kind of really shine themselves out you saw that last week when larry fitzgerald had seven catches you saw that with some Kenyon drake 
um, you know, some other guys step up in the passing game. And that might be a point of emphasis as well, just because this Lions team, uh, you know, not particularly great on defense, but they're good enough. They're good enough. I think that this could be a potential shootout, as Vegas is alluding to by that that high over-under. And I'm worrisome for this game just because going back to this whole trap mentality. So, give me the Lions upsetting the Cardinals on the road because they can't afford to go 0-3. I think this team is better than 0-3. I think that the Cardinals, while they are good in their own right, they had an excellent win against the Niners, and they had a 30-15 to 15 victory over the Redskins. But the Redskins, they're, they're, they're the Redskins. Um, trap game, guys. So gave me the Lions 28, Cardinals 24. We'll see how it goes, guys. We'll see how it goes. But 28-24, Lions. Last but not least, 130 special. This should be the best game out of all the NFC West games right now. Because you have the Dallas Cowboys who are 1-1 against the Seattle Seahawks who are 2-0. Seahawks are favored by 5. And this is the highest over-under of the week at 56.5 points. Wow. And why is that happening? It's because Dallas is coming off a resounding... Shout out to the offside kick, but they are coming off a resounding game where they had no business of winning after being down like what twenty to three uh, after the first quarter against the Falcons, but they won forty to thirty nine. Uh, forty to thirty nine, they were one and one. They stole the game from the Falcons. The Falcons are zero and two, uh, but they can certainly put up points, guys. Uh, these Cowboys can put up some points with Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, who's been kind of silent for now. C.D. Lamb, uh, Zeke Elliott, but this should be a very fun game, uh, just because. Conversely, these Seattle Seahawks pound the pound, pound, pound in years past. But trending on Twitter, let Russ cook, let Russ cook. Russell Wilson is making his case as NFL MVP Player of the Year because he's coming off a five touchdown performance against the Patriots, in which. You know, the Patriots, they have one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. Stephen Gilmore, the McCourty Twins, like, they have a really good secondary. And he threw for five touchdowns Sunday night football. That was impressive. It was shown on the national spotlight. And so, presumably with these Cowboys, their secondary hasn't been that great. Their pass rush has been, uh, uh, they're tackling. There should be a lot of opportunities down the middle because Sean Lee... Leighton Venerish are out for the season, presumably with injuries. And so I can see why this is going to be a shootout. Maybe the Seahawks do the complete opposite uh, since they're at home and they know that this Dallas front seven is hurting with their linebackers. Maybe they do run the ball a little bit more to contain it. But I just see, I just don't see that happening. Uh, I know Zeke can run. I know that Chris Carson can run very well, but I'm just... You know, both these offensive lines have injuries. Um, Tyrone Smith, the left tackle for the Cowboys, might not play. Leo Collins is already hurt. Uh, conversely, I mean, the, the Seahawks' offensive line remains a, a work in progress. So, I mean, yeah, I can totally see this being a shootout, guys. Um, should be really good for fantasy football purposes because Tyler, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf should feed mightily with Russell Wilson throwing the ball. Same thing with Dak Prescott with CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. 
uh, I think that it's, this should be a very interesting game between Amari Cooper versus Shaquille Griffin because the last time they played, Amari Cooper cooked Shaquille Griffin. And I know that pregame, Shaquille Griffin has been on record saying that he's really looking forward to redeem himself after allowing like, what, seven, eight catches in, in their last matchup. Uh, but I think that it, this could be a very good game for Michael Gallup as well. Uh, whether it's going to be Quentin Dunbar or Trey Flowers, but that should be a really good matchup just because Michael Gallup has been rather quiet lately. Uh, hmm, actually, more importantly, so you have Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, wide receiver one and two, but the slot position, ooh, that could be, that could be the X factor, actually, now that I think about it. Just because at Nickelback, you have Hugo Umadi, the Nickelback uh, second-year player, uh, really coming into the role at Nickelback. But he is going to go against CeeDee Lamb, the rookie from Oklahoma, who's already doing a very good job in his rookie season. He's coming off, what, five catches, 100 yards. Um, he looks like the real deal, guys. And so that would be that would be the matchup to, to really be concerned about if you're a Seahawks fan. That and then when the Seahawks are on defense and you see Dak Prescott do his thing, I think the bigger question about this matchup in a presumed shootout is you're trying to do your best to um, bring bring pressure to Dak Prescott. But how are you going to do that? Jamal Adams, versatile player everywhere on the field, but just how often do you dial his number to blitz the quarterback because when you do you leave the rest of the defense somewhat exposed and you know lj collier um there's a couple guys that you've seen kind of progress this season early on to provide that pass rush but you haven't seen it yet so if i'm Pete Kerr, where, where i'm gonna get this pass rush because it's still a work in progress and Last thing about, I'm just talking all defense, because I know Russell Wilson and this offense will cook. They will put up points, but uh, I think this goes back to just how well can you defend this Dak Prescott offense? Because here's the thing, you know, this past defense on paper was supposed to be a really good unit with Griffin, Quentin Dunbar, Quandry Diggs, Jamal Adams. But, you know, the last couple of weeks, they gave up like what 800 yards of passing offense and i know that a lot of it was under the rug second half garbage time for for both matchups but that's still a lot of points that's still a lot of yardage that they have given up as a secondary and so against this cowboys team who can do just that throw the ball and and pick up easy big chunk yardage plays i mean what is the seahawks offense and defense going to do collectively it's going to be a combination of putting up points to go head to head with the Cowboys, but you know, this secondary, this pass rush, they had to figure out just the right amount of blitz and pressure and coverage, you know, all, all collectively in this potential shootout. All in all, uh, I, I think that, I think that we're going to see both quarterbacks, whether it's Zach Prescott or Russell Wilson do very well. All the, the pass catchers should eat for fantasy football purposes. But I do see a bit of an upset coming as well. Cowboys, they narrowly escaped against the Falcons. But I just have a feeling that this secondary, if they don't bring enough pressure to Dak Prescott, that the Seahawks could get upsetted. So go ahead and give me the Cowboys 35, 
the Seahawks 31, in which it will be tightly contested, but I think just at the very end, uh, I can see the Cowboys coming from behind and, and taking this one. Anyway, that's how I see it in the light of the land, which is the NFC West. Just to recap, I have the Niners beating the Giants 27-21. I have the Rams losing to the Bills 24-27. I have the Cardinals losing to the Lions 28-24. And I have the Seahawks losing to the Cowboys 35-31. So maybe this might sound like a little bit of bias, but I guess all the NFC teams but the Niners lose. I don't think it's just necessarily um, a knock on the NFC West for week three, but uh, I think that uh, it's going to be a little bit tougher this time around. It's going to be a little bit tougher around, and I don't know, just just these matchups in particular. I feel that the Lions could be a potential trap game for the Cardinals. I think that this Buffalo team, especially with their defense and the mobility of Josh Allen, could really give this Rams team a lot of trouble. And then, I don't know, something about the Cowboys, even though... They, they should have lost to the Falcons, but I think that that escape win might give them some momentum against the Seahawks. And it can go either way for that Seahawks-Dallas Cowboys game, but I just see that happening. So uh, get at me if you feel otherwise. Appreciate you guys checking out the pod, whether that's on Spotify or iTunes. Also hit me up on Twitter, at JustTheWest, Instagram, at JustTheWest, and of course the blog, www.justthewest.com. Until next time. We out here. Peace.